0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, my wonderful, beautiful friends, guys. Welcome back to our slash Entitled People, where people think that the world revolves around them and nobody matters. And in today's episode, it's all about people getting revenges on entitled people people guys i hope you enjoy the super satisfying stories today and as always you can send or link your post to this email right here let's dive in so one of our neighbors is doing a big renovation in his house and he has workers and trailers all over the streets the whole day now that's not really a problem Me and dad also told them that it's no problem for them to use our driveways for their trailers and wagons during the daytime when we're gone. Just so they can keep the street clear. My dad was diagnosed with renal colic and he needed surgery. Everything went good, but he's not that mobile at the moment and he needs to use his car a lot. Normally he goes by bike or just walks, so I went to our neighbor and told him that my dad needs his spot regularly for the foreseeable future, and he can't put his trailer there anymore. Everything seemed good, and the guy understood it. It took him three days, until he put his empty trailer back on my dad's driveway when we were out of the house. And two days later, he didn't even remove it for the night. Maybe I should have tried to speak to our neighbor again, but I didn't. My friends and family say that I have a short fuse, and I get really mad fast at unimportant stuff. Now that might be true, but I just can't stand ignorant people when it's regarding simple stuff like please stop blocking my sick dad's driveway. So the second time I came home from work and saw that empty trailer again blocking my dad's driveway, I waited for the night to see if he moves it, and the guy didn't. So at 1am, I got up, I went over to my dad's driveway and removed the brake from the trailer, and I just pulled it out of the driveway, down the street, into the fields with it. I pulled that trailer around a mile away, into the fields, easy to spot for everyone who's walking or driving by. That's now three weeks ago, and since then, my dad's driveway never had a trailer on it again. Now that's a good way to get the message across guys, and I'm sure the neighbor had quite the panic attack when he woke up to see his trailer gone, and then found it a mile away in a field. Like seriously, when someone doesn't want you parking in their driveway, don't park in their driveway, it's as simple as that. So my girlfriend is currently being her adorable self and baking in the kitchen. She's doing her thing with the hangover on in the background and her favorite giant bear hoodie on. I think today she's using the Just Hood lemon bar recipe, which if you don't know, then go check it out. It's bloody delicious. It reminded me of this from a few years ago. My girlfriend and I worked for the same company in different areas on different floors. My girlfriend loves baking and sharing more than eating the stuff herself. My girlfriend would bring in her goods maybe three times a week. And the head of her department, Matt, got a little tin and made a little sign. Something like, if you enjoyed the treats, please leave a contribution so girlfriend can keep baking. And then there was Karen. I go down to my girlfriend's floor one day to talk to someone and the vibe is kind of off. My girlfriend looks kind of withdrawn. People are buzzing, Matt looks furious, and the treats are on Matt's desk. It turns out that someone emptied the contribution tin and left a note saying the last few baked goods weren't up to par at all. So they emptied the tin as a form of refund for past contributions. My girlfriend had a hard night. She thought about baking something gross as revenge and then got upset that maybe her baking is really crap and considered stopping altogether. I told her to consider stopping giving them away for free. The next day, I'm called into a meeting. Most of upper management, client services, etc. We were talking about the baking and the notes and people were pissed. I'd love to say it's because girlfriend was universally adored, as she should be. But it was mostly the bullying and how the baked goods were free for our company, but great for morale. Matt then spoke to my girlfriend and basically said if she wanted to keep baking, that he would love it and a few colleagues had decorated an empty desk on the third floor specifically for people to share their baked goods, under a camera, near my team. The tin was replaced with a tiny padlock, and the next time Karen appeared for a treat, a woman from my team jumped up and stopped her, telling her that they weren't up to par, and basically told her to F off. That's when more and more people started baking, and Matt would share out the contributions. A picture of the table full of amazing goodies even made it to our website for a while. Karen ended up putting in a complaint about her entire floor. Apparently, every time she tried leading a training session, people started telling her that her teachings weren't up to par. She tried smoothing it over, not by apologizing, but by bringing in a tray of cheap store-bought donuts, with a stupid sign saying that no contribution was needed, that these were actually good and free. The donuts had exactly two taken, one by Karen, and the other was returned, with a bite missing, and a note that said, not up to par. Matt even called their next team outing, who's up to par T Apparently, Karen started complaining that she was only trying to inspire my girlfriend to do better, by saying that, and that buying her own treats was way more expensive, and she needed the little treat to keep going some days. Karen also said that because of her, now more people were baking, so really, she'd inspired more people. She also tried demanding the snacks move back downstairs, but she was told the note was deemed bullying, and the downstairs canteen without cameras wasn't up to par. F Karen. Guys, I absolutely love a good, wholesome story where a community just comes together to fight an evil Karen. And you know what they say, guys. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all, right? But we know how Karens are. And how ridiculous was it that Karen tried to spin this around and make herself look like the hero? Because of me, everyone started baking, and now they do better. This person comments, I love that everyone threw it back in her face as a continuing joke. That's solidarity right there. The not-up-to-party sent me, and the note left on the donut she brought was just perfect. I applaud this department and company for being so clever about it. So we work for a national agricultural supply company, but I and a few others are in a central role while one guy flies frequently, and therefore has lounge access with the airline. On this day, we were flying from one city back to our own, and the guy was bragging about it the whole day, and when we got to the airport, he wished us peasants a nice time in the airport food court, slumming it up with the mouth breathers and so on. This guy had a huge ego. Anyways, our flight nears, and he texts through, asking what the gate is. The rest of us are walking down the sky bridge onto the plane at this point. Now this airport wasn't exactly small, it's actually massive. We were getting on at gate 4, and I told him we were gate 44. The whole time, we were laughing on the plane, just imagining this guy having to run through the terminal to catch it. The next minute, the door's on the effing plane lock, and we're getting pushed back. And that's when I thought I was effed. The guy wasn't making it on this flight, and he would complain, and the boss would throw the book at me. My coworker texted, hey, where are you guys? And I told him that we're taxiing down the runway, and that we tried holding the plane for him. And he just effing explodes. At that point, I just put my phone on airplane mode and breathe out. When we land, he's blown up my phone, and I've got a missed call from my boss. I called my boss back, and said that I accidentally pressed 4 twice, and thankfully he just laughed, and reckons he would've paid big money to see co-workers meltdown. Anyways, it ruined his day, he had to pay for his own ticket home, and now I think my life is in danger. Yeah, all I have to say about this one, guys, is if the guy was too lazy to look up at one of the screens all over the airport to find the gate number, he really can't blame anyone but himself. Like, he was probably too busy bragging to others about having lounge access the whole time that he didn't even bother looking at the screens. A couple of months ago, I was on a seven-hour bus ride when I was seated by a woman from hell. When I boarded the bus, I was told that it wasn't fully booked so I assumed it would be alright if I left my backpack and personal items on the seat beside me, so no one would sit with me. I normally wouldn't do this, but I'm someone who gets extremely motion sick, and no amount of meds or remedies seems to help. And since this bus ride was going through the mountains, I thought I'd save someone the trouble of sitting next to a puking, feverish girl. Anyway, I rode this for about an hour and a half. The bus was about 80% capacity, so I thought it didn't matter. Then out of nowhere, a woman across from me starts looking back at me, sending me this death glare over and over. At this point, we're slowly moving into the foothills of the mountains, so I ignore her, trying to focus on relaxing and not letting the nausea overwhelm me. After about 20 minutes, she comes over and says, Excuse me, I'm gonna sit right here, pointing at the seat right next to me. I give her a look of frustration, but being the non-confrontational person I am, I moved my stuff off the seats and allowed her to sit there, despite 30 empty seats around us. Intentionally, I scatter my stuff on the floor, just enough so her feet don't have quite as much room as she thought she would, hoping this would persuade her to leave. But of course, that doesn't work. She begins kicking my things, hard. I ask her very politely to not kick my things. She then looks at me with moral outrage and says, little girl, you don't own this effing bus. You need to give me my effing space. I'm 60 years old. And you Indians seem to think you own this effing country. Hearing that, the realization sets in that this woman is a racist who intentionally sat with me to bitch me out. Another thing is, I'm not even Indian. I'm a Canadian citizen. I was born and raised here, however, I'm brown-skinned because my mother is a Filipina. Anyways, I tell her that there's no need to be so hostile, and as she begins to snort rude remarks back at me, I put my headphones on and blast the loudest songs I can find, just to bug her. At this point, the anger is boiling up inside of me, and the nausea's kind of beginning to get to me, so I decide it's best to ignore her. But she won't let that happen, she begins elbowing me hard, and then kicking my leg over and over again. I finally give in and take off my headphones. She demands that I turn down my music, and I demand that she leave me alone. That's when suddenly, from the corner of my eye, I see her opening a water bottle and she starts pouring it all over my backpack and my personal belongings. I push it out of her hands, at which point she begins screaming obscenities at me, telling me that I'm abusing a poor elderly woman with back problems, and that I'm taking up too much space, and that I'm part of the immigrant Indian problem that's destroying this respectable nation. At this point, the anxiety and the mountainous bus ride is way too much to bear, and as she screams at me, I realize that I need to throw up. And although I could interrupt her to quickly run to the bathroom, I decide that it was okay if I just let it go into her lap. I was terribly sick, so I end up vomiting almost an entire sandwich onto her. The woman stops for a moment out of shock, and then she begins to hit me as hard as she can. I'm a tiny little half-Asian girl who weighs less than 95 pounds, and this woman was huge. People on the bus call for the bus driver, who pulls the bus over in the town that we're passing through. The woman demands that I be removed from the bus for elder abuse. The other passengers back me up, and they defend me after witnessing this insanity. The police are then called, and the woman's escorted off the bus, literally kicking and screaming how Indians should be banned from public transit. The last I see of her, she's being held by the police on the side of the road, covered in vomit. And as much as I believe you shouldn't vomit on people on purpose, I must admit that my motion sickness has never felt so good before. Also, I ended up getting a coupon for a free ticket with the bus company as an apology for what happened, which was only an added Guys, what a nasty woman that Karen was. And clearly she was harassing and assaulting OP to probably get some sort of reaction out of them so she could further justify the strong opinions she has. And honestly, I'm just glad OP gave her the reaction she wasn't expecting. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. So about a year ago, my neighbor got his son a new Mustang GT for his first car. And from day one, he's been peeling out up and down our street all day and night, turning our once quiet neighborhood into a drag strip. One day, he ran over our neighbor's dog. Now I have three little kids, and I've been terrified that one of them would be next. This kid is such a jerk. When I tried speaking to him, he just told me off. The parents are even worse. For a week after talking to them, the father peeled out right in front of our house just to make his point. I had to call the police to make him stop. After our HOA denied putting up speed bumps, one of the other moms suggested that we put up signs all over and blast the kid on social media. I didn't agree to post our security camera footage and I didn't think the signs would do any good. I almost had a great idea to sabotage his car though. But then, my neighbor found this child at play sign that looks like a real kid. We all bought one, and I thought it was funny how the other neighbors would slow down and even stop, causing many traffic jams. Well, I decided to place my sign right next to this bush that sits on the corner of our yard where the road bends. So it's facing the straightaway so the kid will see it from down the street. Well, a couple of weeks ago, we all get woken to this huge crashing sound and we ran outside to see the Mustang wrapped around a power pole and the kid crawling out of his window. I immediately called 911 and then ran over to check on the boy, only to be called a stupid bitch as he's ranting and raving about his damaged car. When the cops come and ask him if he's had anything to drink, the kid just snaps and says, No pig, I haven't. It's the stupid bitch's fault. The kid then starts yelling, stepping towards me. The cop stops him though, and after a minute, he calms down, or so I thought. When the cop asked him how much he's had to drink, the kid looks at me, eyes all wide, and says, It's her! It's her stupid sign! I thought that thing was one of her stupid kids about to run onto the road. In the middle of this rant, an ambulance shows up, and they tried to check the kid out, who refused treatment, and proceeded to tell them off seemingly more concerned about the car than himself. The cop then asked if he would perform a sobriety test, which he fails miserably, and then takes the kid to jail. Update, so the kid limped over and he apologized for being so offensive and annoying, seemingly indifferent to everything else. Apparently, he's been home recovering since the following morning. The kid was charged with misdemeanor DUI and reckless driving. I just thanked him for his apology and shut the door. Hopefully the kid learned his lesson after that, guys, and thank goodness nobody was seriously hurt. Sometimes you just have to take drastic measures to make idiots realize that they're putting others in danger. Like, I remember reading a revenge story a long time ago where Opie's neighbor decided to teach a neighborhood speeder a lesson by putting a fake doll into a stroller and then pushing it into the street in front of this speeding idiot, basically scarring the guy for life. Back in college, one of my closest friends, who we'll call George, was very successful with the ladies. We were in a fraternity, and he made the most of it. One night, we were out at the bars, and my friends doing his thing and talking to a group of girls, from the sorority with the rich girl's reputation. One of the girls in the group, who we'll call Susan, had heard about George, and did not approve of his ways. She proceeded to tell him how she felt, and then finished it off with a slap to the face. Now, George may have been a player, but he wasn't stupid, so he gave up and moved on. After a little while, we decided to head to the next bar. Unfortunately, when we left the bar, those same girls were waiting outside for a cab. Now, a few more drinks down couldn't help himself, and he went back to talking to one of the girls. That's when Susan came over and slapped him even harder, telling him to quit talking to the girls. At this point, I knew I had to act. I told her it wasn't okay for her to assault people, and that's when she slapped me. I explained to her that she was breaking the law, and told her if she slapped me or George again, I would call the cops. She apparently didn't believe me, so she reared back again, and she slapped me as hard as she could, telling me to shut up. That's when I called 911 and reported the assault. A cop was there within minutes, and I calmly explained the situation and told him that I want to press charges. The cop did not approve, and he berated me about my lack of manhood. But I knew that as long as I wanted to press charges, the officer had to go along with the arrest. By now, the girl's cab had come, and Susan had gotten in. The cop pulled her out of the cab, and then cuffed and stuffed her. She quickly figured out that it was no longer a game, and she started to cry. After the cop put her in the cruiser, he came to take our official statements. Now, I had no intention of actually filing charges, but I used this time to get a little more revenge. The cop was incredibly annoyed, but I made him go through all the questioning, while Susan just sobbed in the back seat. And then finally, when he was about to take her downtown, I waived my charges, and she got to go free. Guys, I hate the fact that OP let that slap-happy Karen go. Like, it seems to me that she was so used to slapping people around, and it was about time she learned a hard lesson. And guys, I don't know what's worse, like, Karen thinking it's okay to slap people, or that cop, giving OP crap for wanting to press charges after Karen attacked him and his friend. Many years ago, my daughter was fussy all day long. My wife was ready to pull her own hair out, therefore, I took my daughter with me to the store. She was very young and pretty, with the cutest little purple wheelchair, secondary to spina bifida. So we get to the store, unload her wheelchair from the Chevy Suburban, and she climbs down into said chair, and off we go. After shopping's done, we're back at the Suburban, reversing the process to load her up and stow the chair. As I'm loading up the chair, a dude pulls up next to me in a new Corvette, still with paper tags on it. I casually mention that he's pulled into a row of handicap spaces without a handicap tag or placard. The guy just says, yeah, I know. And then saunters off to shop with his significant other. At this point, I'm a little pissed, but I don't want to do damage to such a beautiful car. And then an evil thought enters my brain. I go to the cart storage, just in front of where we're parked. I put carts in a loose formation around his car. A security guard comes out, but he just watches. And an off-duty cop also comes out, and he also just watches. I proceed to put several layers of carts tightly packed together 360 degrees around his car. I approach the guard and the city cop and explain that the dude was using a handicap space for convenience, not due to an accessibility problem. I then point out that no carts are touching his car so no damage, but that he sure as hell has an accessibility problem now. They both crack up laughing at this point. The cop says he hopes the guy complains because he'll write a ticket to the dude. I laughed quite a bit over this, and quite frankly, I still do every now and then. And to answer a common question as to why the cop wouldn't write a ticket straight away, he couldn't. In Texas at the time, on private property, they couldn't write one unless the property owner or manager called, or the person otherwise engaged with the officer. He was hoping the guy came to complain, so the cop could then engage with the dude and then write a ticket. Well, doesn't that just suck? At least the guy will hopefully see that someone was annoyed enough to do that to his car. And this person says my husband and I did that one time. We watched a woman fly through the parking lot almost hitting a pedestrian and then proceeded to park her precious sports car across three spaces. It was fun and we thoroughly enjoyed watching her huff around and move the carts so she could leave. So I dated a girl long distance for a year. Back in 2010, we broke up rather amicably, or so I thought. Her new boyfriend, which is now her husband, called me about a month later, telling me that she had been seeing him behind my back and that she never really loved me, etc. Just really rubbing it in. Personally, I laughed it off. I knew the relationship wasn't going anywhere, and I had been looking for an easy out for months. Being long distance made it much easier. But apparently, the guy thought he won her over me, and it made him feel good about himself. Fast forward a few years, they're now married and he's traveling for work, which included a layover in my city. He posted something about me from the airport and tagged a mutual friend of mine, so I saw the post. Something along the lines of, Mr. Steal Your Girl is back in your city. Now I knew that was about me, because the friend he tagged asked what he was talking about, and he mentioned me. Apparently he's made several posts like this over the years, and this is the first time I saw one. I haven't seen or talked to either my ex or him since about a month after he called me, years ago. During which there were several petty interactions from him. However, the fact that I was still on his mind after a few years, thinking he had won some sort of competition against me, really got my thoughts brewing. I mean, since he thinks it's a petty competition, why not step up to the plate and take a few metaphorical swings. On this occurrence, I looked through his socials and noticed they were living in my ex's house. So I knew the address. I also knew that you could sign people up to be visited by Jehovah's Witnesses. Fast forward another few months, there's a new post about him. Having to deal with JWs coming to his door 8 times a month. Yeah, so that guy sounds like a petty loser. Like, who does that? And that spans over a decade, guys. And it sounds to me that OP's got the ultimate win over the guy, though, because clearly he lives rent-free in that man's head. And that, my friends, brings us to another end of our slash Entitled People. Guys, I hope you enjoyed the stories today. I hope you didn't shake your heads too hard. And if you missed the last episode on the channel, I'll link it right here. It's an r slash Entitled People episode, another one, where a Karen seems to think that she's above the law and gets arrested after fighting cops. Go check it out if you haven't, and myself and Stevie Boy will see you guys in the next one. We love you. Planning for your next trip?